to the next best podcast with your hosts, Chris Cashman. 24 years old, a former sheet metal worker, Mr. America, and twice Mr. Universe. And Chris Daniels. Time Magazine even named him Person of the Century. Now, from the CNC Podcast Factory, here's the next best podcast. Chris, the internet demanded that we get back together. Late last night, tweets going out, people wondering, when would we get back into the CNC podcast studio? Because there's uh, some doings. There is construction underway at the arena, formerly known as Key, and you were there yesterday in a hard hat tour. I was, and uh, as I like to say, nobody looks good in a hard hat, and that includes me. It was uh, a really bad look. You had me. a King 5 hard hat. But I did bring my own hard hat, Style yes. Style points awarded. Yes, thanks to Libby Sundgren, our community relations uh, director. We we not only have yellow jackets, we have yellow hats. And so, yes, we brought our own hard hat to the Key Arena site, Tim Hahn, the photojournalist, and I, to walk through what really is just, um, you know, it looks like Roman ruins at this point with what they've done in, inside and outside the current Key Arena site. It looks nothing like what you remember of Key Arena with the team shop outside and all those other buildings. We're going to talk about specifics of what you saw for a moment, but for folks who didn't see what you did on King 5, on the TV side, you're right, it almost looked like something horrible had happened inside of this arena. You really just see the guts of the arena, rubble, steel, concrete. As a guy who grew up around here, it kind of gave me goosebumps, both good and bad. Bad that all the memories of Key were gone, essentially. But also excitement saying, hey, this is this is the beginning. This is the beginning. This is going to be rebuilt. We saw the models. What was it like, though, for you to be standing inside that arena completely gutted? Well, I mean, it's it's been weird from, as you know, covering this for 12-plus years now to, yeah. to actually be in an active arena construction site. Uh, you know, it, there, there are interesting things that are going on there. Uh, with the pre-demolition and the demolition, I mean, it's the seats are all gone. It's barren. There's, I think, one Alaska Airlines sign that's still up inside the arena. You see all the heavy machinery, the piles of debris. Uh, I, I thought one interesting aspect is, you know, there's the, the glass paneling outside the building, the, the walls of the existing key arena and right. the old Seattle Center Coliseum. They've taken out that glass piece by piece and cataloged them and have stacked them along First Avenue. Ah. Uh, they're on the, what is that, west side of the existing arena. So that glass will eventually be reused. Uh, but in, in order to carry out this project, they're kind of you know, going down to the studs, taking it apart bit by bit and cataloging everything. And uh, I, I think that was an interesting aspect to see yesterday. So you got the first peek. You got to see just how much space they're talking about. You talked about, uh, I saw in some of your tweets online, too, uh, just about how much room they have once uh, they kind of dig out and down, as you said. So, oh, we want to play a little bit of what you did on the TV side last night. We think this works well here for the podcast because you get to hear from some of the players involved, right? Yep, absolutely. So who were you with yesterday with taking this tour? Who are we going to hear from exactly? So Ken Johnson, who has been hired by OVG and NHL Seattle to be the lead construction guy, so to speak. Right. Uh, He's, he's been involved in projects like Safeco Field and the Seawall Project in Seattle. He's, he's got some serious cred in terms of these major infrastructure projects. Right. He led this tour, and Todd Lywicki was alongside for most of it. Let's take a little listen here behind the scenes at the new arena. A few months ago, there was a building here. 
There were buildings all back here. This, this was the back of the house of Key Arena. If you stand at the corner of First and look, you can see the arena. We are opening up a 360-degree view of this arena. A tunnel goes underneath us, parking garage of about 550 spaces, and a plaza. We're building what will be, we believe, and I'm confident of this, the best arena in the country. We're standing on Seattle Center campus. Okay, here we go. We'll be keeping the roof in place. Everyone is aware of that. We will be setting up temporary support, holding that roof in place while we excavate about 600,000 cubic yards down and then build back up with a permanent steel. We know the cost of this project, um, but, you know, our owners haven't cut any corners. Look up. There's that iconic roof from the inside. If you look around, obviously, the seats are gone. The suites have been, the walls have been removed. So there's just been... We're trying to get to the point where all we have left is the concrete, and really that's where we are. Yes, the costs have gone up a little bit, and I've been the one who's had to sort of bear a lot, that. A lot of bit. They've gone a lot of bit. It's all private. We're not going to go back to the public sector and say, oh, geez, the costs are up. Seattle has not really had this state-of-the-art arena for a long time. We've hit some important thresholds. We are now ready to go. And uh, the project's definitely costing more than we thought. It's taken a little bit longer, but it was, it was with just great satisfaction. We're here today saying we are ready to go and we are building something special. We've solved the Rubik's Cube. Uh, it was decades in the making of this city, deserves a world-class arena, and they're about to get it. So very cool behind the scenes there, and a lot of things we want to touch on, of course. But the big headline of the day in the beginning of the day was, hey, we're going to get to look inside for the first time. But the headline quickly became the new numbers. The new numbers are in. The budget's gone up. The timeline has been pushed back. 900 to $930 million is what uh, Todd Lightwicky is saying the cost is now. And, and again, for people who've lost track, because I was on TV yesterday yeah. when this was going down, and I actually texted you live during the show and said, hey, remind me what the original cost was. 600 Okay. So and it went up to 700 Wow. Then it went up to eight, maybe eight fifty, and now it's nine to nine thirty. It sounds like that's their final budget uh, in terms of the overall cost. The timeline now pushed out to summer of twenty twenty one. Originally, if you remember, yeah. in the push for the NHL franchise, it was going to be the fall of twenty twenty. Then, when that went another direction right. towards twenty twenty one. Okay, that gives us a few extra months. Uh, according to OVG, it was going to be spring of 2021. Now we're talking summer of 2021. I, I'm not surprised by this. Uh, after sitting through a couple of meetings, uh, the Pacific Science Center has started up a series of seminars with Oakview Group about the science of sport, the science of this project. It's more complicated than I think a lot of people realize because of that roof. There's a reason why they're keeping the roof, mm -hmm. federal tax credit. And, you know, obviously there's people in Seattle who want to keep that roof as right. a tip of the hat to the 1962 World's Fair. But uh, the, 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 when they keep that roof, it affects the venting, the air conditioning systems. Keep in mind they're burrowing a tunnel underneath Thomas Street for a loading dock, they're digging down, they're excavating, they're lifting the roof in the air so they can actually dig down. Uh, so they're suspending the roof in yeah. the air. I mean, it, it's not like building on a parking lot from scratch. Right. Uh, and, and it complicates things. So I am not surprised at all that we're talking about June sure. of 2021 or that the cost has gone up. 
And again, I think people so often over the years when you talk about construction projects, they've been publicly financed, right. whether it be Safeco Field, CenturyLink Field, uh, the old Key Arena mm-hmm. had public financing involved. I think people say, okay, so the public's going to pay for something. Yeah, it's, it's understandable that people got upset when they heard the news because they thought, oh, here we go. We're going to dig into my wallet. Right, but not, yes, not but the we're, case. Yes, we're talking about a privately financed project. This is like extending the timeline on a tower in South Lake Union. Uh, the, the costs per the agreement with the city involve Oakview picking up uh, any of these cost overruns. And on top of that, this was already privately financed. So the fact that it goes up to $930 million, we're having a different discussion today. If it's a publicly financed building, if this is Safeco Field or CenturyLink Field, but it's a different discussion because we're talking about private money. The term Liwiki used was slipped. Slipped. Things have slipped a little bit. Uh, but with that, you know, saying, okay, hey, as long as they're picking up the tab, sure, there'll be some disappointment. Yes, that means we got to wait a little bit longer. But there are some ramifications because of what it's going to offset. We knew that as the plan was, as of uh, prior to yesterday's news, uh, that they would be open in time. Uh, the first team on the court in this new arena would be the Seattle Storm, the champs. Um, they're going to be offset. They're going to be playing in Everett, I think, right until it's yes. ready. But because of that, now it's not going to be ready. So what happens to them? Now they got to go rent another arena. What's going to happen? Well, it's a, it's a great question, Chris. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, the Storm have already worked out this agreement to play some games in Everett, play some games at UW yeah. for a couple of years. Everybody knew this was going to be the case. But uh, especially when that timeline got pushed back to spring, it was like, okay, great. The storm going to open the building. The, the building will open with concerts. We'll work out all the kinks right. before the NHL team starts. Well, now, since we're talking about summer, that that was really the question that was presented to Todd Lightwicky yesterday. How does this impact the start of the Seattle storm season? Will they have to start games on the road? Will they have to go play somewhere else? Yeah. Who pays for that? underneath uh, the, the the agreements that have been signed with the city. And that is where there is some gray area. Uh-oh, Chris is reaching for documents, ladies and gentlemen. Documents! What documents. You, Chris, what have you obtained? Well, uh, I, I went back and looked at uh, some of these agreements that have been signed between the Seattle Storm and the city and Oakview and the city. And there is some gray area, hmm. and it can be very confusing. And I'm sure lawyers have a a different take on this, uh, but I'll I'll tell you what I know and what I have been told. So if you look at the Seattle Storm Key Arena Facility Use Agreement that was signed in 2017 with the idea that there would likely be a renovation uh, of this building, there is something called the relocation payment cap. This is on page 35 of that agreement for all of you uh, playing at home. Uh Uh, And item number five, relocation payment cap, the city's obligation to pay... F10 hoops, that's uh, Force 10 hoops, the storm, for additional costs and lost revenue due to relocation shall be capped at 260000 per home game, up to 10 games per season, and up to $2.6 million per season, with the exception of payments for playoff games during dislocation. So you can read the rest of this language, but that bottom line means if you read this document alone, it makes it sound like the city has to pay the storm for any missed dates. Hmm. But keep in mind, there is also another agreement that Oakview signed, a redevelopment agreement, the the final transaction documents where they agree to pay for cost overruns. Right. So if you just look at those two documents, Oakview has to pay for any losses incurred by the city to the storm, okay? So you, that the one document overrides the other. And on top of that, 
both the mayor's office and a representative from Oakview have told me that Oakview will pay that cost hmm. for the relocation of the storm if they cannot start their season in 2021. Okay. Well, that's, I mean, all good news, right? I mean, as, as a fan, as a taxpayer, to say, you know, this is like going out to dinner with your rich friends. Let them fight over the bill. Yes. Yeah. This is fine, right? <laughs> this is all good news. Now, I want to dive into something else that that spoke to me as I was watching your social media, mm-hmm. your Twitter yesterday. You posted some video of the Arena Reveal. They oh, have yes. kind of these models, right? These little cool models yes. that show you what it's going to be like. And um, I'm just going to do this. Uh, I'm just going to play off of your, right off of Twitter, some of the video. And this is just cell phone video, but I think you'll get what I'm going for here because I noticed that in this video, which is you just shooting a, a little model of the arena with yeah. dancing lights and all of that. Yeah. But it, it was the sounds, the sounds that were being played that kind of spoke to me. I'm just going to bring this up here. Let's see. Wait a minute. I don't, I don't hear, I didn't hear hockey there, Chris. I heard, I heard a basketball. And of course you could quickly say, well, the storm, we've already established the storm's going to play there, but I got to assume there's some strategy involved to the gigantic portion of the audience. That's very excited. A lot of people, I think even the basketball fans, a lot of, you know, you and I, when we started this podcast, what, seven, eight, nine years ago, something like that, it seems like (laughs) when we started this, there were people were torn. I'm included. I didn't like that. It seemed like an either or basketball is coming or hockey's coming. Who knows where all of this is going, but it does seem like that they, as a hockey ownership group, seem to be painfully aware that there is a big, big thirst for the NBA coming back, and they would be more than popular if that remained some version of a priority for them. Did you get any sense that that was an intentional sound effect added? Let me raise the curtain, raise the veil, tell you what was on the cutting room floor. All right. Uh, what what you did not see yesterday and there hasn't been a lot of dissemination of the images with the exception of that model. Um, Where all of that exists is right now at the Pacific Science Center. There is a preview center that they will roll out to the public here in the not-too-distant future where you have a chance to see what the arena will look like upon completion, uh, some of the the facts and figures, what a suite will look like. Right. Uh, this is where they're bringing people through now for potential sponsorship and, and sweet sales. And a lot of that's on your Twitter, I should say, by the way, because I saw you standing in front of pictures and murals and things that look like what it might look like. You know, it's like when you see a new condo complex going up in town. Exactly. They have, you have to go into the lobby and see pictures and even projections and virtual reality of exactly. what it's going to be like. So that's currently at the Science Center? Yes. And, and so when you go into that room where they have the model you will pass a, a lot of history of Seattle that includes old photos, concerts. There's a Sonics jersey that's hanging on the wall and talks about the NBA history. Too soon. Uh, and, and you walk through that area, and then you go into the room with the model where they, yes, have this production where the roof comes off and music and all that kind of stuff. Roof has neon you, on it, by the way. Is yes, which you saw, you, know, you saw on social media and you saw in the story uh, <laughs> as well. It, maybe they'll be able to do some things with lights on the top. Kind I don't know. Vegas, but feel to there, it. there is a, there is. A, I think you just used the phrase hype video. Yeah. That that plays before that reveal with the roof coming off. Mm-hmm. That includes talk about basketball and other events being in that arena. Yeah. And I think Todd Lightwicky in particular has said NHL and NBA over and over and over and over. Uh, so I, I think that is part of their plan. They've said that. 
They're going to have locker rooms and facilities built out Mm -hmm. for an NBA franchise. So that is not lost. It's a minor, minor aspect of the preview center uh, compared to hockey, uh, but it is in there. You you may have to look for it. You'll have to look for that Sonics jersey in particular. Well, and I think sometimes lost in the shuffle are the players behind the scenes here uh, with Jerry Bruckheimer. You know, some of these big names involved, you know, I as soon as I saw that stuff, I thought – are his hands in that? Is he? Uh, do they just immediately go to the movie producer and say, "Hey, this is what you do. Make us a hype video," because uh, they are good. I mean, it's yeah. fun. It's hard to not see that stuff and get a little goosebumpy, and go, "Okay, all right." And and as people who you, you and I both uh, you know have lived here for a whole long time, it's fun to see Seattle Center coming back to life because uh, certainly as a kid, you know, from the arena to the Space Needle to the Fun Forest mm-hmm. for people who've been around for a while, it. it it was kind of the attraction. It wasn't just Seattle Center. It was kind of the center of fun if you were going to Seattle. And to see it slowly but surely getting this facelift, it's really, really kind of exciting. Yeah, I mean, and uh, I, I failed to mention, Chris, that the in the uh, presentation yesterday from Johnson and Laiwiki, they, they showed the setup for an NBA team as well to all the assembled media. So they said, hey, here's what the arena will look like for hockey. And then they press the button and say, hey, here's what the arena will look like for basketball, for the Storm, and for a future Sonics franchise. So uh, that is all involved. And to your other point about, you know, at one point I think a lot of people were saying Seattle Center is dying. Uh, And I think you look around now and – Boy, uh, under the current administration, mm-hmm. it, it has had the biggest change uh, since the 1962 World's Fair, when you think about it, uh, what has happened there. Robert, Look, the Robert, Space Needle alone, it, for people who think, I live around here, I'm not, I did the Space Needle, I'm not, the renovation's staggering. If you haven't been up there, it, it is worth it. It is very impressive what they have done. Mopop, if people haven't done that, you know, they knew it was EMP, and then what, what is, I'm not sure what it is. Uh, you know, the building itself doesn't really do it justice. A lot of people still don't get what it is. They hear museum and think, maybe that's not for me. It's spectacular what they have inside Mopop. And the new Prince exhibit's there right now. And some of the biggest attractions in the country come through and land right there. So to get to have that, Seattle Center, now the Armory, and even they've redone the inside of that. And to have this arena, it's really going to become this crown jewel and and perhaps reclaim that Emerald City slogan. Well, and and this has all happened under Robert Nellums uh, as the Seattle Center director. He's been over there uh, more than a decade now. Yes, you mentioned the Space Needle and Mopop and the Armory. The Armory, it was a very subtle change from, uh, what do they call it, the Center House? Yeah, it was just it the Center House. It had lots of purples and pinks and yeah. mismatched colors, and kind it came was, in there. Just and, like a warehouse that and, housed and, a bunch of stuff. I mean, that that is a building that predates the 62 World's Fair. Uh, they came in, added new vendors and restaurants, and uh, you know, Mad Pizza, uh, Mod Pizza, again. yeah. I, I mean, uh, different vendors and restaurants that you actually want to go to. That will actually probably be the place where people go before they go to the new arena at Seattle Center. But let's not forget about the Opera House, McCaw Hall, Chihuly. I mean, there have been yep. all these different buildings, new buildings done uh, at that place Seattle Center in in just the last few years all under Robert Nellums this arena was always going to be uh, you know during this discussion about Soto versus Seattle Center it was Mm -hmm. always part of the discussion because hey if if you don't do something at Seattle Center that becomes a huge white elephant on the Seattle Center campus well now that question has been answered there's going to be what close to a billion dollar renovation of that corner yeah. of campus uh, that will reinvigorate that corner of campus. 
Now they just got to worry about that uh, Memorial Stadium problem. That's a whole other issue. Yeah, there's kind of an outlier there, but that yeah. uh, ideally that will be to come. You know, everybody's yeah. got that the one house with the grass on the roof yeah. in the neighborhood, and eventually yeah. they'll move. Uh, but we'll see. We'll yeah. renovate that. So we'll get there. So what do we need to know uh, for sure here, Chris? I mean, we know the timeline's been slipped back slipped. to uh, summer of 2021. The budget's gone up to 900 to 930 million dollars, but that should not affect us as taxpayers and fans at all. No, I mean, maybe you see it, it might cost a little bit more for a ticket. Uh, I mean, oh, it, here we go. They, 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 <laughs> they, uh, they're putting a lot of upfront money uh, yeah, into sure. this whole thing. I mean, think about it. Nine hundred thirty million on the arena now. The 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 team is like six fifty. You've got a training facility as well. I mean, that's a lot of coin that this this group is putting up in the first couple three years. Uh, you know, in terms of what's next. I think, you know, we're waiting on a few different things this summer. It's the, the are they going to hire a GM? Where's the American Hockey League, the AHL franchise going to go? Uh, that that should be named at some point this summer. And that is another purchase that this group is making up front. Uh, the plan was for them to own and operate the franchise. So that is going to be one of the announcements. There's the question, of course, about the franchise name. When are we ever going to hear that? Yeah. I think we're hearing summer to fall now uh, for that announcement, which it's going to be a big announcement. I, I think that Jerry Bruckheimer and David Bonderman will be involved in uh, because that is, going to, that is going to set the course for the franchise, right? I'm just looking for clues and everything. <laughs> That's half well, a foot. I think, you know, the one thing, I, I think they've, they've dropped enough clues. I mean, you see it in the yeah. preview center. Black and red. A lot of black and red. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, every announcement has been black and red. And mm. uh, every flyer, black and red. Uh, every t-shirt, black and red. Little trailblazers. Uh, well, maybe throw in a little third color. <laughs> do, you know, Sounders style. Have an alternate jersey. Some green, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but uh, I, I think those are the things we're looking at here in the spring and summer uh, are, are those, those announcements which, which are big in their own right. All right, thanks, Chris. Good stuff. Sorry, it's getting a little bit loud in here. They're they're pushing construction into the studio now here, so it's good timing that we're going to wrap this up. David, tell them where to find us on social. On Twitter and Instagram at Next Best Pod. That's the worst name I ever heard. This is the exclusive ending of the Next Best Podcast. <laughs>